she goes out and she calls me a draconian reptilian. <laughs> I was like, ma'am, what are you even talking about? She then suggested that Amber wouldn't get into heaven for marrying me. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to episode three of the Beyond Our DNA podcast. I'm David. And I am Amber. And we are excited to have you guys joining us again. We have another interesting topic today. Today, we're going to be talking about biases and judgments that are faced by interracial couples. Yep. And so we wanted to start out with a little bit of research that Amber did beforehand on uh, our topic and just kind of expressing the climate and how people view interracial couples. You know, we hear a lot of positive. There's always lots of compliments, like, to your face in our experience. Sometimes not. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's been a lot of research that kind of shows conflicting data. Yeah. Um, so in my, in my research, I found from um, Washington University, and we'll have all the links, this also says that some people are still not comfortable with interracial relationships, or at least they're a lot less comfortable than they will appear to be. And so acknowledging these biases is the first step to figuring out why people feel that way and determining what can be done so they won't. Yeah, so in today's episode, we wanted to talk about what are several of the more common biases, judgments that we face, and then talk about some solutions and things that we've done as a couple mm-hmm. and how we've kind of worked through some of those. Yeah, the, the most common, they usually see a black woman and a white man. It's usually kind mm-hmm. of like that gold digger stereotype. Right. Typically, when you see either a white man with a black woman, it always kind of hones in on wanting her for her body. And I found this really interesting article. It's called the Jezebel Stereotype. And the Jezebel Stereotype was used during slavery as, as a rationalization for sexual relations between white men and black women, especially sexual unions involving slavers and slaves. And it says the Jezebel was depicted as a black woman who had an insatiable appetite for sex and greed. It talks about how the slavers or the white males in this context mesmerized and gawked at women for their voluptuous curves, their lips, Mm -hmm. you know, and their body. Mm -hmm. And these are the stereotypes that are drawn, those conclusions kind of drawn into our relationship where it overshadows the fact that we actually do love one another and we were connected on a deeper level than just our outside appearances mm-hmm. and or your or financial gain, I should say. And they say Jezebel, like they're over-sexualizing mm-hmm. to put you in this like box. Yeah, just think about the, the, the word Jezebel, where it comes from, from the Bible and who she was and mm-hmm. how she tempted the temptress of Samson. And that is like the depiction of how women are viewed, you know, black women, I'm sorry, are viewed in media and in like just kind of every day. And the reason why we brought this stereotype up is because there was a situation I was pretty much accused of just being with him for his money. 
And there was a a woman. We should we should say we're not going to name names. She was pretty she was pretty drunk. She was talking to actually some of my family members. She was at the house. She's inquiring, you know, well, how do you guys like David? You know, he's amazing. Oh, he's rich. You know, Amber is with him because he has a lot of money. But she's saying this. She's literally like belligerently drunk. Mm -hmm. And she's talking to my family, but she doesn't. It's like she's not aware of her words. And clearly, you know, my family took huge offense to it. I actually didn't hear it. But when I came downstairs, everybody was a little bit on edge that she made these comments. And I mean, even remember, like, even sometimes, like, when I'm getting dressed, and I always just feel super uncomfortable, and it doesn't matter what I put on. Mm -hmm. If I just put on a jeans and t-shirt, I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, babe, my shape. Like, it just seems so much, and I'm not trying to give off that. And this is how society makes us feel like we're not embracing our curves and who we are as women because this is the imagery of what has been pretty much set upon us. And so I think this is like one of like, I feel like the top stere- negative stereotypes as it relates to, you know, interracial relationships. Yeah. One of the others that, that we run into obviously a lot is, is judgment. You know, normally you think of judgment in terms of the crazy white, racist person mm-hmm. that you know is in the comments or makes mm-hmm. a comment to you out you know outside or out at a bar or whatever yeah. but we actually get it from all sides oh yeah it comes from all sides it, it comes it comes from all sides correct yeah so we actually <laughs> we're featured on an instagram page for our wedding photos this is a channel for interracial couples mm-hmm the crazy thing is this woman who's you have to subscribe to it to like comment on there. She goes out and she's calls me a draconian reptilian. <laughs> I was like, ma'am, what are you even talking about? She sounded crazy. She then suggested that Amber wouldn't get into heaven for marrying me. Uh-huh. Like it was just wild. And then. <laughs> She's she's like, this is all for financial stability, back yeah. exactly to our point of Amber's only with me for money. Uh-huh. And then, then continues to go on and say, 60 years ago, you would have been lynched for this. It's like, oh, yeah. ma'am, we're not living in that time. Yeah. This is not like, sure, we can. Uh, OK, if we were in Nazi Germany, like there's all kinds of crazy things that oh, we could yeah. think about. Yeah. I mean, you can just create so many scenarios to think oh we were in a different time and but that's this that's is, not this, what that's this not is the reality the that we, exactly this is a time that god decided to create us this is the you know we're living in 2020 which is probably as as messed up as it possibly <laughs> could be for a year i know but it is it's just so crazy that we get it from all sides mm-hmm. you know we get it from people we encounter um we get it like you say from social media and it's going to be even more publicized, on, especially with this platform. You know, they're not going to be all nice comments. They're going to be people that say some evil things. And, you know, that's just the world we live in. One of my friends, Jeff, he just got married uh, uh, three or four weeks ago. And he had this hysterical intro where his friends wore like 80 sunglasses and had fanny packs on. And they were flower girls, but mm-hmm. they were like flower bros. And they're like throwing their flowers and they got happened to get on barstool sports mm-hmm. and he's like the first thing he said is oh man the comments are just brutal yeah and i was like 
come on, man. You know it's like the first rule of the internet is you do not read the comments. Yeah. Nothing good happens in the well, comments. Well, see, for this platform, I, I would like to read the suggestions and the questions, and I would like to get the feedback, negative and positive. But what we're speaking about is this is literally was just a post of our union. Yeah. It was like, what's going through your mind when you see people post things? And it's like you just get to a point where you already have to deal with it when you're going out and that's just something else on another level but like i said this kind of just makes you be a little tougher mm-hmm. it, it gives you just like this tough skin and like i said going out is a whole nother level i mean from the stairs the insults the job like the way they, they look at us the way you know when we walk by and they whisper we were in it was your brother's birthday we're at the restaurant and we're insecure. And so, oh, yeah. as you know, secure is sh- shaped like it's the a, U. A, for those of you guys who aren't familiar, okay. it's, it's a Japanese steakhouse. The ones where they like throw the shrimp in your mouth and they got the fire <laughs> volcano and all that sort of stuff. Well, we're sitting there and clearly this is during, you know, social distancing. So, we're there with David's family. And there's another family that's sitting on... Across the, from us. Across from us, but they're facing us. So, we're facing each other. Mm-hmm. But we're not you know at the same kind of hot plate or whatever this lady she's staring at me to the point where i look back because i'm thinking to myself okay she there has to be a tv behind me mm-hmm. but literally behind me was like the soda station yeah so there was nothing back there so then she really wanted a pet i look back at her and i'm an avid stare like if you stare at me i will stare you back i will not let up and stare you back down like I feel like when you look at someone in their eyes, oh my goodness, it intimidates them Mm -hmm. so much. Me, on the other hand, you're staring at me, I'm going to look at you. I'm either going to wave, I'm going to just look, or I'm going to say something. Because in this moment, I'm just trying to have a great dinner with my family, and now I'm uncomfortable. And so she's staring as I'm staring back. She puts her head down. So then I didn't say anything to David at the time because you don't want to always feel like, oh, there's something when you're going out. You actually just want to go out with no issues. Have a good time. time. You know, we're celebrating his brother's birthday. This is what it's all about. So I look up again, minding my business. She's then tapped the daughter who's sitting next to her and the dad and both of them look at me. So immediately when I catch the father's eyes and the daughter's eyes, he turned his head really fast. And the daughter then, she tried to, you know, do like a like a little smile. But you could tell it was like awkward. Mm-hmm. But the lady is still staring. And I mean, it was like this death stare. And I tapped David at this point. I'm like, okay, I'm uncomfortable. Like at this point, I mean, I should not have to deal with this you know but how do you handle those situations where you're minding your business and then you just have these random people who decides that oh on today they want to try you so i think that's a great question for us to pose to the audience we'd love to hear your guys perspective have you been in a situation like that and if so what did you do yeah i man it it burnt and it made me i was so upset and it's like you don't want to ruin the mood. Yeah, yeah, and it's like you don't want to ruin the the moment. It's it's not about me, nor do I want to make it about me. But it's actually it's a common thing that people think is appropriate to 
stared at the way that they do mm -hmm. or they or they want to tap each other. Just like that one time we were down in Georgetown and the girls were staring and I said, hello, how are you? Mm -hmm. Like, what are you looking at? Yep. Yep. I remember. And so she was so shocked that I said something. So she tapped her friend. Her friend looked back. Hello. How are you? Mm -hmm. What are you staring at? It's like this, like this, uh, this disbelief. Oh, I just cannot believe that. Mm -hmm. They're together. You know what I mean? Like we said earlier, they don't view interracial couples as like human. It, it was interesting because I was talking with one of my coworkers uh, a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. We do all virtual sales. I always, you know, turn on my camera so that the person can see me because I want them to turn on their camera so I can see them and I can read their facial expressions. And afterwards, the guy was like, why do you turn your camera on? Mm -hmm. I was like, and I explained that same reasoning. He's like, oh, I'm not turning my camera. He was mixed. He was half black. And he's like, I don't want people to have a preconceived idea about me. I don't oh, want wow. them knowing. And it didn't it, it didn't dawn on me at all. But one of my other coworkers, she also doesn't like showing her camera. And then she immediately messaged and she's like, finally, somebody else that understands. And yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah. I mean, it's a thing. It's so many different things that you face and it's so common mm -hmm. that it's literally just feels like oh, okay sometimes you brush it off some things are just so unbelievable where you'll say something you gotta but, respond. but it gets exhausting this is the, the type of situations where i'm happy that i'm with you because i know you protect me and i know you make me feel safe but on the other hand it, it just feels like it's just it, it could be just so unnecessary mm -hmm. and usually we don't care like right. we're just in each other's faces, holding hands. Mm -hmm. Like, we can care less about what the world thinks. But there are some people who make it known that they have this huge disdain for the fact that, okay, you're white and you're black and we don't like you together. And they will make it known. I mean, remember the, the old lady? We were walking to the restaurant. Mm -hmm. We were. This was like one of our first dates, though. We were walking to Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And we were walking up the ramp, and the lady was staring so oh, hard. Her mouth, yes. it was so funny. And the thing is, you don't know what people are thinking. They could be thinking happy thoughts. Right. But In this day it. and age, yeah, in this day and age, like, it's so hard to tell, right? Like, right. We do get a lot of compliments, right? We get a but lot of we also get a lot, compliments, get a lot of and that's what we don't want to overshadow. We don't mm -hmm. want to overshadow. This one is just specifically talking about the negative so yeah, yeah not necessary look not everything is a red flag and not everything is you know the end of the world but like how do you handle those situations mm -hmm. and like what are the things that you guys do right yeah do you have to confront them yeah do you just let it roll off your back i've always been the person that let it roll off my back it's not really a big deal but now that it's affecting someone else and it's making her feel unsafe that's when I need to start drawing the line. And that's when it's like, all right, we, we're going to have a conversation about this. For me, I feel like there's a time and a place for all things. There are some situations that you just have to ignore. Mm -hmm. You got to let people be evil by themselves. Mm -hmm. Not everything deserves a response. Sometimes a person can get fired up if you just laugh at them. If you just smile at them, have a blessed day. Sometimes it's not worth it for that tension for sure. or them trying to put that negative energy onto you. Mm -hmm. I don't got time for that. Mm -hmm. At all. Like, you got to let things just roll off your shoulder. 
But it's also, like you said, finding those, those that line and those boundaries and when to say something and when not to say something. Yep. One of the other big biases or, or judgments, something that does not apply to me at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, that you just found out. And and we were actually having a discussion about this. So we definitely, this is a, another question we have for the audience is, does this sellout mentality, does that only apply when you're dating a white person? Mm-hmm. Because when you think about it, if you were dating an Indian person or a Hispanic person, that thought would not cross anyone's mind. Mm-hmm. But only when you're dating a white guy is it the sellout yeah. mentality. So the term is only coined when it's when it's typically a person, a black person or mm-hmm. a non-white person dating a white person. Mm-hmm. Or like the white devil. And like I said, it has a lot to do with things that happened way back in the day before we were even born. But the sellout mentality actually came up when you saw a black man date just another woman, mm-hmm. like athletes, and they're dating outside of their race. And that's kind of been the stereotype that a lot of athletes tend to talk to women that aren't black. Mm-hmm. You were trying to figure out where did that came from? In my opinion, I think it originally applied to mm-hmm. a black man mm-hmm. dating a, a white woman because that's taking away one of the good black men, if you will. And this is so crazy. Like, I just like, randomly looked up the meaning of it. Mm-hmm. And it says, selling out is a common expression for the compromising of a person's integrity, morality, authenticity. Um, authenticity, I'm sorry, or principles in exchange for personal gains such as money. Sellout also refers to someone who gives up or disregards someone or something for some some other thing or person. Mm. That's crazy that that is the mindset that people have behind interracial couples, interracial dating. Like, they're in love. Let them do them. Mm-hmm. Regardless of why they together, you know, they say most girls, they just trying to get chose, so they going to make up, the, make sure they show up <laughs> yeah. at those parties, uh-huh. that those athletes, trust me, that could be the mindset behind it. At the end, I, I think at the end of the day, like, one of the things I saw a lot as we were researching for this episode was, like, different dating app stories mm-hmm. of, like, oh, I only prefer yeah. the people in my same race, or I only prefer yeah. this type of girl, or I don't prefer this type of girl, yeah. or this type of guy. But when you do that, you miss out, right? Yeah. You miss out on that potential soulmate. Hopefully, our audience and, you know, the people that are listening to this podcast are open to connecting with new people and mm-hmm. different perspectives because you don't know uh, yeah. who you're going to like. I mean, you talked about it in your dating experience, right? When you were out there dating, you were just, hey, look, let me try and meet different people. Yeah. I had a different what- I had a different mindset when I was dating. For me, it was all about the experience, um, just kind of getting back out there socially. I didn't put too much into it. It was just an it was I was just another experience. But with each experience, it taught me something new. Oh, like there was like this Asian dude who was like a ballet dancer. <laughs> he was super lit though. You know, he wasn't my type. I mean, he was he was fun. No, I'm not. No, 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 stop. But he was it was fun. He just wasn't my type. Mm-hmm. And that was just an experience for me. Mm-hmm. But I didn't go into it biased or judging or stereotyping him because he was you know of another race i actually went into an open mind right if i went into every situation biased or 
honing in or, you know, coining people with like these negative, you know, stereotypes and things like that, you will be miserable. And yep. you will constantly be missing out on life in a, from a different perspective. Like, it's so beautiful to know, like, he comes from a different cultural background than, I, than we do. But we love each other because of our differences. Also being respectful to other people's choices. I just, it was our choice to get married and be together. Right. It's disrespectful as, a, as an individual because you're closed-minded where you think it's acceptable to say such negative things. We're okay with the fact that I'm black and he's white. We're right. good with that. Right. And so this is the whole purpose of this platform is try to break down kind of these common misconceptions and things of how they feel about interracial couples. So, you know, we've talked about a few different situations. We've talked about sellout mentality. We talked about some of the different judgment comments that we mm -hmm. get from Instagram or in person. We've talked about the money or mm -hmm. the, and the body mm -hmm. kind of judgments that we get. So we'd love to hear from you guys. How do you cope with these situations? Are you receiving comments like this? And what sort of things are you doing about it? Mm -hmm. We'd love to hear from you guys and, and get your feedback. One of the things that we really wanted to just touch on is making sure that you are taking this time as a couple to lean on one another mm -hmm. for support. Mm -hmm. Really making sure that you're doing the best that you can as a couple to understand the other person's perspective. Mm -hmm. While I may not feel like the person at the Japanese steakhouse is staring and mm -hmm. has a negative mindset if that's making you feel uncomfortable mm -hmm. okay then we got to have a conversation with right. people across the table right and I, I think that's the real message from us is that you really need to present a united front as a couple mm -hmm. and you really need to make have this mindset we've mentioned it before but it's us against the world mm -hmm. when we go outside it's amber and me and we can do no wrong and whoever we're dealing with, they're the problem. It's not us, <laughs> right? But um, that's that's the mentality that you need to have as a couple and that you need to continue to go in day in and day out in yeah. order to have success. You know, just to touch base and, you know, kind of close this session out. We're humans. We have feelings. We hurt. We're human beings. And just because we're not of the same race, it doesn't mean that these comments and things doesn't hurt. And just like mm -hmm. with the research they're talking about, the dehumanized targets where it makes it uncomfortable for people to treat us that way. So just be mindful that we hurt too. So uh, as you guys know, on each one of these episodes, we have this card game called Love Language. We've got the link in the description if you want to get it. It's an awesome game. It's got different categories. It allows you to ask a question to grow and get a deeper relationship. Mm -hmm. This is from the past and future category. Is what's the most valuable lesson that you've learned from your past relationships? Oh, that's intense. I guess what I thought was serious or past relationships, it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know a real relationship. Mm -hmm. prior to you and that's me not trying to disregard anyone that i've ever dated oh we can disregard them uh, trash that's true <laughs> what i'm saying is i didn't really have healthy relationships in mm -hmm. the past like i said you know i'm almost 30 but it's like now that i know what a healthy relationship looks like i don't want that on my worst 
Mm-mm. I just set the bar extremely high. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's along the same lines. There's a saying that I heard, which was only marry the person that you can't envision your life without. Mm-hmm. And that was a very expensive lesson that I learned prior <laughs> to marrying Amber. So uh, I also do not wish that on my worst enemy. Expensive. And unfortunately, several of my friends have already learned that lesson. Oh, gosh. Okay. And so I will be asking a question from the couples category. What is something I could do to make you trust me even more? Ooh. Ooh okay. That's a good question. Um, so it really gives you guys like a deeper opportunity to connect. Like that's not a question you're ever asking in any scenario Never. other than this Literally card Literally none of these questions. It's like all of these questions you need to be asking on the first date. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> honestly. Can you say, well, say the question? Okay. Time? What is something I could do to make you trust me even more? For me, it would be continuing to be open about when there are issues mm-hmm. and when you're at fault or when I'm at fault, mm-hmm. more so when you're at fault. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you admit that you were at fault in a situation, mm-hmm. that's what makes me trust you even more. Yeah. When you say, hey, you know what? I messed up. You know, when I admit my faults in a situation, I think that makes you a bigger, more trustworthy person. Yeah. Well, we had already talked about this. Like, David in his past relationships, he pretty much took care of everything as far as, like, finances, like, the household stuff. His exes didn't care at all. They just knew they just had a roof over their head. They didn't care. Me, on the other hand, because I come from a very independent background and I lived on my own for so long, I lived independently for so long, you know, I was in charge of all my bills and everything. It was also kind of those boundaries that we had to crossover so he became a lot more open with what he was paying for and what what money was going to what and that sort of things that definitely so being more transparent oh yeah so that definitely made me trust him a lot more we had already discussed that prior to us getting married but we're good (laughs) awesome well everyone we appreciate you uh listening to our episode three here where we talked about biases and judgments faced by interracial couples our next episode we will be talking about family values we'll Mm. get into a little bit of our background aspects to our relationships Mm -hmm. that we had to compromise on Mm -hmm. what we did and then you know talk about how we're going to handle us raising children and other questions like that that i think are just really important for you to understand you don't want to get five years into a relationship and then oh we're having kids let's talk about spankings Um, (laughs) and have different viewpoints those are things you definitely want to be on the same page on we're excited glad everyone uh, had an opportunity to listen in we hope you're learning something from this and please leave us comments like david said and follow us on instagram we do thank you guys for your support awesome thanks everyone bye